Welcome. We're live. My name is Mike Crawford. Right on time. I don't even know what to make of this. We're, we're like kicking butt lately uh, on the show production. I used to have a lot to complain about. Everything's going good for me. I have nothing to complain about today. But no, there are things. I could get into Twitter and the, and the idiot trolls if I really wanted to waste my life away. But so many good things are happening. My name is Mike Crawford. I am so happy. Uh, check, check the podcast, anchor.fm slash the young jerks we just put out uh i just put out a great uh I'm, I'm calling it great yes i am tooting my own horn today this is all about me for a second but no i put out uh a new podcast with jimmy Miggs, homeless person up in salem fighting opiate addiction uh, also fighting alcohol addiction he's clean and sober right now and uh still a lot of issues and and his kind of experience and what's going on out there and what uh homeless shelters and maybe politicians could be doing more for the homeless and the folks fighting addiction we'll probably talk more about that but definitely please listen to that follow that subscribe to it also midnightmass.substack.com check it out subscribe and if you really want to support us if you want to try to get me to sell my business and give up my day job throw money down because that's that's what's holding me back i, I make good money on my day job but uh the only way I can quit is if I replace it with this stuff. Uh, you never know. Things are looking good for us. Uh, we're working on a lot. Some things we're not going to even mention today. But uh, it could it could actually happen. Two years ago, I would say that would never happen. We're kicking butt here. Young Jerks, Disrupt Boston. I got a special guest here. Very excited to have him. Uh, State Senator Sal. I'm going to say his name right. Hopefully, <laughs> if I don't, he can hammer me on this. D. Domenico. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome. That What's up, man? It's very unusual getting it right the first time. Really? So, yes. No Especially for me. You don't even know. <laughs> I mangle. Uh, sometimes I'll be going good with a name and then bang it up at the end. And no. It up. You said it perfect. So, so give us We're on the right track. Yeah. But by the end of the show, I'll be saying something else. You'll be like kicking me. Maybe me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, wow. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to have you here. Uh, we, uh, we've tried a bunch of times to do stuff. It That's was right. like a catastrophe right. every time, but you've stuck right. with us. Yeah. And uh, we're in this beautiful spot today. Yes. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. And you've got some good bills we're going to talk about. We People do. have a lot of questions. I have a lot of questions. We have limited time. Uh, I want to get to one that you just brought up to me as a bill that you're sponsoring, co-sponsoring? I'm son- please, please, uh, Senate sponsor. Senate sponsor. Yep. And it's uh, breakfast for children, for kids? Breakfast after the bell. So it provides breakfast in the classroom for all kids, uh, regardless of income level. We, we know growing up, you know, the low-income kids went to the cafeteria to get the free breakfast, and everyone else went to the classroom. And it, there's a stigma attached to that. You know, the low-income kids don't want to be seen as being different than everyone else. And a lot of these kids should be eating breakfast, and they will skip breakfast because they don't want to be seen as low-income kids. And many of these families and many of these children haven't eaten until you know, their previous meal was the lunch in, in the classroom the day before. So we can have the best schools, best technology, the best teachers. If a child comes to school hungry, they're not ready to learn. So this, this bill will provide everyone a breakfast in the classroom, in a social setting, community setting, and no one will be treated any differently. So, so every kid will get a lunch, even the kids that have money. And every kid will get get breakfast in the classroom after the first bell, and they will um, they'll be eating together as, as one unit. And you know, there's some. You would think it'd be a no-brainer, right? You would think providing breakfast for all, for all kids would be uh, seen as an easy bill to pass. Not the case. With, what's the pushback? Not about? the case. Uh, anything that you change in the classroom, any any kind of change from the norm. 
people look at it in a, in a different way. People think you're taking away from learning time, which is not true. Having food in the classroom is also something people don't like. Uh, but those two things, for me, are not enough to having all of our kids having breakfast together. So uh, we've been fighting this. The Senate passed this bill last, last session. Our Senate president passed it the first day she became the Senate president on her first session. So this is a really a, a big issue for us. And on Monday, we have a, a hearing at the so State House. So is the House the issue? Is that what you're saying? Well, I'm not saying that. Well, they, they, they have an opportunity to pass this, this session. So we're hoping that, that we will all be on the same page. We have a um, committee hearing on Monday. We have the House sponsor, the Senate, myself, the Senate sponsor, and a bunch of reps and senators standing with us. Telling the committee we want to report this out favorably so we can get this, this move in this session as well. Um, a lot of questions. So probably something... The types of questions you're not used to being asked. Some of these, so just I'm looking. I'm looking at that. I'm like, oh, yeah. ones, I'm raising ones. my eyebrows here. Yeah, but that's why you know, because because we we try to ask questions that haven't been asked. Yes, yes. So, so, um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out which one I want. Do you see any on here that you like right now? Let's you know? see. Um, Let me ask this for Jason Lewis. I like this. Jason Lewis Jason brought up about corporate boards and uh, nonprofit boards. He's yep. got a bill um, that would try to increase women and minorities because we're still finding, after all these years, that most of these Nonprofit institutions and for-profit corporate boards are almost always white males. Right. Um, right. Would you support something like Absolutely. that? Absolutely. I, I might have actually be a co-sponsor then. of that bill. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm going to be with you on everything right there. Right there. You already <laughs> see it. Uh, well, let me ask you this one. Mayor Joe Curtacone Tony uh, yeah. posted something about liquor licenses. Okay. Uh, it I seems like that. liquor licenses are controlled by the state still. Is that right on the city and town level? They determine there, there are certain yeah there are certain numbers uh, for, for the city and town. So you have to go you have to appeal to the state you have to, to increase it to increase. Yeah. And, and uh, Mayor Kurt Tony suggested that the cities and towns should decide. They shouldn't have to go to the state to ask for approval to increase you know liquor licenses. Uh, would you support something like that? Do you think that needs to change? Um, there has to be some sort of regulation. You know, we we, we have the ABCC, which is a state uh, agency. And they regulate all the licenses, and, and so there has to be some sort of oversight across the board because you can't have, you know, 300 in one community and then 25 in another. So it has to be some balance. And the reason why we do it at the state level is because that balance is created there, and we can see the full picture as opposed to being segmented by, by city. So um, I know what he's saying, and uh, he's a good friend of mine. Um, do you think there's a problem there? There's something that could be in incrementally fixed? What, what I see as a problem sometimes is the lower-income neighborhoods are not getting licenses. licenses. Right. So that is the, the issue I see, more than a state issue. Right. Like, like, like uh, in Boston, for instance. Like right. All of them are in Beacon Hill, Back Bay, because that's where the money is, Newbury Street, right. maybe Fenway, Kenmore, but uh, people of Roxbury... They, they don't right. have as many options, dining options, because there aren't as many liquor licenses. Right. And Congresswoman Ayanna Presley, when she was a Boston City Councilor, was fighting that battle. Right. And, um, and it's economic development. It really is, when you, th you think about it. You it know, if you can't have a restaurant with a liquor license, then you don't have a restaurant. And, and that's not, not something that we want to we encourage. We want to make sure people have you know, equity, again, across the board. So the state can see the, the whole picture where the cities and towns can, can you know, segment it out. So... We don't agree, disagree on a lot, the mayor and I, but uh, this is one issue that I think we, we, the way it's working now seems to be working fine. Um, all right. Uh, this is one we've been asking everyone that's been coming in, especially city councilors, um, but safe uh, injection sites is yeah. a big issue right now. Mayor Walsh is talking about uh, We just had Mayor Mark McGovern in here last week. He's mm -hmm. totally for it. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that on a state level? Yeah, no, I, I, I've been supportive of it, um, and it, it's... 
it's a tricky situation, obviously. A lot of people look at it and not in my backyard right. type of thing. And um, But if we're serious about trying to curb the issues that we have in terms of addiction and trying to find new and innovative ways to, to tackle this, because honestly, a lot of what we're doing is not working. And we put a lot of money into that area. We do a lot of education. We do a lot of, you know, we have a lot of services and, and we, we do a lot. But there's just something, it's, it's an epidemic that this is not going away. It's not. And it's touching everybody, as you mentioned, you know, the study program. So um, what I have tried to focus on, too, is try to educate our young children to not make this be a problem right. for the next generation. And we used to think that we could start this in later in you know, high school. Now I no. think with middle yeah. schools. Uh, it's you know, almost it, too late. It, exactly. Can so be. Not always, but sometimes. But, but you know, and, and a lot of kids have misinformation about these things, too. They, that things are addictive, and they think it's just play, and it's fun, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, their life is on a different track. So education is a big, big component of this. But uh, injection sites, it, it, we have to, something has to change. We have to shake it up a little bit, and, and that's one of the issues that, do you think that there's any support on the state level? Because, I mean, you're in it's the a Senate. Tough, it's a, like, it's a tough issue. Do you think issue. it would get through the Senate? Do you think something, that they'll look at that or not? There's a lot of progressive members of the Senate uh, in the House, too, now. Um, but uh, this is an issue that, that's just not a progressive and, and conservative. It's just it's philosophical as well. So it's a, it's a tough issue. Uh, that's probably my, my toughest question. I don't know. Maybe not. We'll see. Uh, the, recently, there's been an issue... You know, this has always been kind of a simmering issue, but developer money specifically. And uh, the old building that we were in was called the EMF building. Uh, we had a station with WEMF. Um, and it basically, we got uh, displaced from a lot of other artists by this developer uh, named John D. Giovanni. Um, and this has come up with the Cambridge election the last couple of weeks. People probably know full, the name. Full disclosure, I know yeah. John very well. Campaign contributions because I, yeah. you know, I'm looking at his campaign contributions yeah, and yeah. I saw your name that you yeah, received John. money. So, Can so, you speak about that? Do you know what we're talking about too? I, I don't know too much about what you're talking about, but John and I have been friends. Uh, actually, John's father and my, actually, probably our grandfathers were friends. Um, but, but John, I know he owns a lot of property in Harvard Square. But I don't know what the issue you're talking about though. He he bought a building that was all artist space, and he basically displaced people and and kicked them out. Um, and the artists really wanted to see the city buy the building, or you know, be able because it's just too expensive. You True. know, it's it was it was the last building where musicians could practice, where we had recording studios, where we had our, our radio station, you know, our, our you know streaming station, um, where you know bands recorded albums, yeah, sure. artists, you know, bands could basically go in there and uh, get their uh, practice, perform. For fans, create merchandise in the building. Like there were so many artists, like everything could be done in that building, yeah. from the recording of the music to the production of the CD. To, you know, just everything, and it was a one-stop place. And it's gone, and uh, people are upset. This because, was in Howard Square. Yeah, he owned it. He bought it, um, and there was a lot, of, a lot, a lot of you know, it's just become an issue. His name is some, you know, and I think the bigger issue that one of the candidates for Cambridge City Council is bringing up is taking money from developers specifically and he's taken a pledge not to do that um you've taken money from john, you know john d john, Giovanni. yeah so, you, so, what do you and, think and, and and john is more you know it's a, from john and i it's not politics right. um when i first ran for city council in everett um when you know he had no stake in the game in everett at all and he was a donor just because he's my friend okay and he wanted to see people like me have a chance to compete with the 
other guys who might have had more money. When I, when I first ran for state senate, I was outraised, um, and I had a I had a hustle. I had a hustle. I had people that were much more uh, well financed than me and had bigger names and bigger connections. And I was a councilor in, in Ward Three in Everett, <laughs> so I was just not even a citywide councilor back then. Um, so there are a lot of folks that that have. If you if you if you look at my my campaign contributions. You won't find many developers. Uh, it, there, there are a lot of folks that have just been friends of, of mine for a long time and friends that I've developed over the years as well. Um, I, I don't get a lot of max out donations. I don't, that's not my, my, my base. My base is small donations from people that I know, people from neighborhoods that I represent, and, uh, and a lot of friends and family. Uh, so we, we, uh, I hustle. I do hustle because you have to get your message out there. You, you know, the worst part about politics is, is raising money, and I say that all the time. And everyone says it's a cliche, but it really is. It's tough, and it, it, it's not a good way to uh, to have this all going that way. We have to do this to, to get your message out, but you have to. You have to find a way to get all the good things that you think you're doing to the general public. Uh, you know, well, I'm glad you mentioned hustle because I do see you. I, I follow you on your Facebook and. Yeah. Just booking, like I know that you hustle. I know that you're out there every single day in your community. Yeah. Um, we're not in Everett right now, but we're we're close by yeah. um, your district, and and like you're always. I mean, this is kind of rare for you to step outside the district today, isn't it? In a weird way. This is my. Oh, I'm in the district. Oh, you are. This is still part of it. <laughs> yes. See, I wasn't sure. We weren't going to talk so, about where so, we're. We're so Dick so Boston. I'm just going to say. I'll, I'll tell you this: the town's in my district, so okay. I have. Uh, we ever, are. So, I so have, you haven't left your district. I have not. You, no. And you know, you know exactly. I know exactly I where I am. I assumed it yeah. wasn't, but no, I, I, I thought I, it was Cambridge. Everett, uh, I have Everett, Chelsea, Charlestown, Alston, Brighton, Cambridge, and the West End of Boston. Okay, so part of so Boston. is about uh, 175,000 people in my district, and uh, very different district as you can imagine. Um, having Cambridge, where I grew up, I'm an East Cambridge kid. East Cambridge, um, that's where I was living for a while. There you I go. Loved it. My father is still there. We have a flower shop called Flowers by Sal on the corner there. And oh, that's your flower that's shop. That's my father's How many times have I driven by that? Yeah, How many times have we all driven? Because that's yeah. a cut through from well, Somerville to. to it's a landmark. Saying. He's been wow. there 50 years. So, wow, uh, that's so funny. I'm gonna and I grew up in, I grew up in top of the flower shop. Flowers by Sal. It's that sign. It's right. It's that sign. That's Flowers by Sal. The original sign from 1969. Wow. Yeah. So this year he celebrates 50 years, and I grew up on top of the flower shop. That that's where I grew up, right wow, there. I know exactly. I mean, yeah. that is that's uh, where Black Mass was filmed, right across movie. the street. Yeah, because I, I walked through there when they were filming it. We were watching, uh, and actually, uh, uh, Sean Penn came into the flower shop at three in the morning. Oh, really, Sean Penn? And he was. Uh, we were all there. You know, my, my my kids, my wife, my nieces. We were watching them film, and he came into the store and talked to all the kids. That's and uh, it was funny because he did his. His Jack Sparrow routine, dressed as Whitey Bulger, to the kids. So. Oh, you're talking about, no, but not Sean Penn, uh, 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 Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, Sean Penn, Johnny That's Depp. Right. Jeez, yeah, Johnny I was wondering, like, is Sean Penn in that movie too? No, 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 Johnny Depp. Like Johnny Depp. Uh, of, all, of all people, Johnny Depp. He was, he was great. I have to say, he was. You know, you hear some stories about. So it was stars, actually Johnny Depp that came. But, but Johnny Depp was it, in the uh, store. What time was it? Three in the morning. Three in the morning. Was he sober. Let's find out. If he's sober. He was. He was, and he was. He was great to the kids. I have to say, he was fantastic to all the kids. There were six, seven kids in, in the store, and he came in, and he was. Um, he was great. He was wow. great. That's something. Uh, we're speaking to uh, Senator Sal uh, Minico. Is that right it's again? Good. It's good. Uh, almost stumbled. <laughs> 502-501-3477 is our phone number if you want to call in too or leave instant feedback uh, for us on our Facebook. We'll read it. Um, we got a lot more questions. You're good. You like I, I like you uh, answer the questions directly. Get right to it. A lot of politicians, <laughs> it's a half hour to get one answer, and I'm like, we, uh, well, this list is going to be gone before you. I have it. a lot of talk about. It. I have other topics. You, yeah, I'm gonna, that's what. Before yeah. we get into my more into my list, yeah. what do you want to talk about? Like, what do you want to? I mean, you've 
you're working there's an agenda like is there anything that you just want to bring and make people aware of today yeah well and then i think this i saw it in there too um i can touch on some immigration stuff yeah uh, safe um, communities safe communities i'm a co-sponsor of that um and people people get confused about what that really is um People look at that and say sanctuary state, and then they don't they don't understand that a lot of local law enforcement officers um, support some sort of um, safe communities language, and, and they have in the past, and they actually stood with the sponsors of the bill at the state house and supported language very similar to what was filed. I think I know why, but can you tell people why? Like, did you, like you hear from them? I'm sure I don't want to misquote them, but why? Why do they? Support? Why law enforcement yeah. supports some of this? Yeah, because th- th- a couple things. Um, they don't want to be. They don't want to be the the, the, the federal agencies to, to enforce federal law, and they have a hard time getting people to speak to them. That's right. And they have a very difficult time with domestic violence cases and trying to get people to speak to them and, and solve cases and, and make things better be for the communities. And crimes. Right. So they. Um, it's a very very difficult situation when you find immigrants who are victims and they don't want to speak and they're afraid to speak. And even the, cen- the census, like there's so many things, this, this whole thing, immigration debacle that's happening in D.C. right now. And, um, and we have someone who, who is perpetrating, I'll say it, hatred, and, and it's someone who doesn't understand common sense, uh, you know, process and programs and how things help and should be helping people not hurting people. And this, you know, safe communities is, is a way where we can try to level the playing field and try to make people feel like they, they, their voice matters. And they are part of the community. They are part of the process. And they are part of trying to make our communities better. Safe communities, that's why it's called that. Right. Because we don't have this that's language in place and we don't have everyone working together. We won't have safe communities. I'm with you 100%. There's, yeah. there's no question about it. And the census, too. So I'm a big proponent of, this, of the census. We filed a, an amendment to the budget which increases funding for, and this is even hard to even imagine, but there are people that don't even want to sign any public document for fear of what's happening in D.C. So even though they get assurances that the census is going nowhere, they don't want to sign up. They don't want to sign anything. So there are very difficult parts of my district in particular that, that are having, we're having a hard time trying to count people. And every dollar, and sometimes some people say it's by design, by the people on the top who don't want everybody counted in communities like ours because then we won't get federal funds as much as we deserve and which is what we need. So it's a, it's, a, it's a vicious cycle where you people are afraid and now we lose services, lose money, lose resources because they're not being counted in the federal census. So it's, it's, a, it's a tough situation, but um, it, it, all, it all starts from a lot of rhetoric and a lot, a lot of talk from the top that gets people scared and afraid of what 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 could be do you think that has a chance of passing this time um we did it in the senate budget last year i actually spoke on the floor there's only like i think three of us that spoke on the floor in favor it passed in a pretty good margin in the senate but it didn't make it through conference committee and i know that it was filed again by jamie eldridge this year and um there's a lot more momentum behind it this year because it passed the senate in a budget amendment which is pretty unusual to have that kind of policy passed in the Senate budget, um, that, that heavy-duty kind of policy. But uh, there's a lot of people that are, that are pushing for that bill this time, good. In both branches. So I, I feel pretty good about this. Oh, let's hope the, so. the, the what can people the, do to ha- like make that happen? Like the, the average person listening, what, yeah, what can they help uh, you out with that? They, they can contact leadership in both branches. They can contact the chairs of the committees. Uh, the sponsors need help. You know, it, it, it Actually, contact your own rep or senator. Um, and let them know that this is important. And it's not, it, you know, the Republican Party's done a pretty good job on this bill. 
they took out Facebook ads on every person who's a sponsor, including myself, and put a, uh, a graphic on a paid ad, actually, of my face and says, Domenico wants Sanctuary State. Really? They're attacking you guys on Facebook? Oh, ads? individually. Yeah. Individually. Yeah. And and that's that's okay. You know, that we, that's probably part of what we do, but they don't have the information correct. If they want to beat me up on things, at least be correct about uh, what that you That sounds got. familiar. <laughs> that's what I was talking about, the Twitter people today. Yeah. You, you, you they were know. saying we have no, they, they were saying a lot of things about me. Do, let me ask you this. It's, uh, I'm, I'm going back to the Twitter people. <laughs> the Twitter people, they have a lot of uh, listeners too. They, Yeah, we'll take a call. Um, have you ever gotten interviewed by someone that smells like cannabis like I do? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Am I boring? They're not boring at all. No. There you go. No, no. There you go. The senator said I'm not, not boring. Not at all. I wouldn't. I wouldn't call you boring at all. <laughs> First time he's ever been interviewed by someone that just. I always wonder. I don't even smell it to be honest. Oh, you, you don't. You don't. Oh, right. I was wondering if I was, but I, I don't. I want to smoke anyone else. But uh, uh, we, we, we'll take another phone call. I know the phone call hung up, but five zero two five zero one three four seven seven. Uh, we will take your calls. Call in if you want. We'll put you on the air. We, we have no screeners. 502-501-3477, especially if you have a question or a comment on our show or a question for Senator Sal. People call him Senator That's Sal or Flowers by Sal. I, flowers by Sal is good, too. But I, people call me Senator Sal all the time because they can't say my last name. I love S- it. Senator Sal is just tough. I love Senator Sal. And, and my, my staff calls themselves Sal Squad. Sal Squad? Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag Sal Squad. Sal Squad. I like that. <laughs> wow. There's a lot we can do with the name We have, we have a lot going on here, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, Senator Sal, since we brought up cannabis and my... The, yeah, the, that's fine. The, yeah. The, the cologne I usually have on me on Saturdays <laughs> on my... You know, because I work all week, and by the time I come Saturday, I'm like, oh, I need my medicine. I need to relax. I don't know how to relax. By Saturday, I get weird. And then I do this show. So, you, you know, all run, yeah, again, my yeah. life is weird, but it's fun. I love it. We got another call. We'll take the call. We're talking about cannabis, too. I, I want to make sure we get the cannabis questions in. But let's see who's on the phone. Do we have the, the caller yet on the line? Yeah. Who's who's calling? Oh, sorry. I, I was the one that hung up. Okay. I apologize. My bad. So, um, this is Carrie Occasion. How are you guys doing? Hey, Carrie. Carrie, how are you? Good. I know Carrie. Yes. So, I just wanted to give, uh, to ask the state senator. Um, he's been so good with like reaching out to um, women and people of color and really including them in his initiatives. And I'd just like to know maybe some advice to maybe other men in power. Like, what could they do? Maybe some advice you would give to them be more inclusive of other people and, and have them join your initiatives and, and that kind of stuff. Well, I, 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 speak to that? Yeah, sure. I, I, I think, you know, people are definitely trying to be more inclusive, people trying to reach out to a broad audience. And um, a lot of the bills that we have filed, as you know, Carrie, have, have addressed some of these issues, including healthy youth, um, which is the, the Me Too movement and dealing with the issues of LGBT issues and consent and, and all of that issues. So, um, there's, there are plenty of issues that we have at the state house that, uh, and a lot of uh, people from all backgrounds in the Senate and the House have been co-sponsors of all these bills. There's different different attitude, different culture, different things that are happening at the state house right now. And I think, um, you know, if people, you know, the Emerge program, as you know, I'm sure if Kerry knows, Emerge, yeah, Emerge has really um, yep. changed the landscape in politics. And 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 I'm on the mail board. Oh, you are. Yes. On that? So I am on the. Oh, on you're the, on the board for Emerge. Awesome. I, I, I didn't am. know that. That's I am. Awesome. We had someone uh, that used to work over there um, last week. Um, oh my God, I'm forgetting her name. Judy Newfeld. Judy Newfeld. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Um, yeah, but I, I, yeah. I think that there are a lot of opportunities now for, for folks to, to it, it's, I, I think in politics yeah, sometimes. You do it so naturally and organically. Um, that's why I wanted to kind of get that out there. You, you know, you call people up, tell them to show up. That's kind of what I wanted you to let people know that, that you can, you know, just tell them, be like, come to that meeting. We need to see you. We need to hear your voice. And yeah, I no, think and, that's and, really important. And, 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 you know, too, during the presidential campaign last time, you know, we were big supporters of Hillary Clinton, and yes, we, we yes. had buses leaving from my, my own home uh, every weekend coming up to New Hampshire. And yep. we were a big, big part of our campaign up in Rochester, New Hampshire. That was our headquarters up there. And uh, we brought a lot of folks from Everett and Chelsea and Charlestown and Cambridge and uh, to go up there and, and be, be part of something like that. And, then, and just exposing people to different, different things and showing them it's not just uh, what's in our own backyard. It also, you know, Look, look, look at them in a different view. People can get a different, different way of looking at different things. So, um, yeah, that just that, that's just how, how I was brought up. I have, I have three sisters, so <laughs> yeah, you think that has a big, big deal to do with it. Yeah, and and my and my wife's, you know, she says she's a boss, and I say yes, you are the boss. Okay, okay. were the three sisters older than you or younger? All younger. All, young. All so younger. You're the oldest. Yes. Oh, you're like me, oldest, oldest sibling. And my chief of staff at the state house is is a woman, so she is so my wife, my yeah. chief of staff. Everybody's in charge but me. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks. I figured I'd call in since I saw you. Um, you're doing awesome. Thanks, Thank you, Kerry. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you. I, I know Kerry too, but I think that's her first time calling. So first time callers, we love them. And you you brought her out today. Yes, Kerry. Kerry's a good friend. Yeah, she's, she's great. 502-501-3477. Uh, we're going back to that cannabis because people are asking yep. online as sure. well. Um, you know one part of it because I've been joking online about it. Yeah, yesterday I was giving, you know, in the last couple of weeks we've been giving, you know, we, we fought, you know, for decrim, medical, legal, um, but we still see an issue um, with the dispensaries, even though they're open, that they're not serving all the patients, especially the ones that are living on $1,000 a month from the state that are disabled. They can't afford the cost of the dispensary, so they're still on the you know black market, gray market. The dispensary office is like 10% off, but it's it's too expensive at these dispensaries still. Um, so we started giving it out to free. That's a good point, yeah. Actually. And especially like the homeless and the addicted, you know, people who really can't afford it. We've been providing it from local growers who are legally growing and then gifting it to me to distribute it to the, you know. Wow. So this is a nice little thing we're doing. Um, and... You know, because of that, someone said you should also be offering your your politician friends some free <laughs> cannabis and see if any of them take it. Maybe we'll make some headlines. And I, you know, I want to see if I give you some free cannabis. I got some in my pocket right now, a couple of joints. It's legal. You can take them. I'm, I'm is, taking out cigarette package though. I don't I, want people to see the cigarette package. I can't take any gifts as a state employee. You can't. No, no. What no. if I give it to you, your campaign manager, no, or your, no, or no. your, or your uh, it, it, would, it would go to waste. Your it would go to waste. I would go to waste. waste. I, I, See, I, 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 I can say I've you never. You just gave I've the right answer. Oh, oh, all right, you haven't tried it, but yeah. you know, because I was gonna say there's a couple, you know, you know, obviously, you, you know, you can't take a bribe or whatever, like you're saying, but um, this wouldn't be a bribe. This would be a gift of friendship, number one. <laughs> But you just made the truth, like the, the true answer. Like, why waste it? Like, I can give it to my homeless guy. Yeah. Like, the, give it to the, someone there's else. No, there's no one. There's no reason because I. You don't. You, you don't use it. No, I wouldn't. I've never tried it. I honestly, I'm boring, so I don't drink. I've never tried that. You're I, boring I, like I, I am. Yeah. So I smoke weed. Two boring guys talking to each other. I got a bad back, and I and I found that alcohol and the pills weren't good for me. That's what happened to me. But, um, anyways, the real cannabis questions. Sure. 
uh, people are asking about social equity. Right. And there's a bill at the state house that didn't go through, but it looked like it had a lot of, you know, kind of support there. It looked like something might happen quickly. You mean the, the budget amount? You mean? I don't really know all the details. It's about social equity to, to fund it. Like, you know, basically. Having that, a fund, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. big cannabis has taken over. The little guy's been shut out, and the real thing is financing. So, you know, people want to maybe get some funding for the little guy. Um, and also, there's also people want to see micro growers get priority because mm-hmm. big cannabis got the priority by de facto already being open. Right. Um, so where do you stand on that? Yeah, so there was a budget amendment filed by, I believe, Senator Chang Diaz. Was that's there. right. It was Shane Diaz. So she, she, yep, she filed it. the amendment, um, and something like that would have to go through the process more than the budget amendment. When, you, when from what I understand, the Cannabis Commission didn't even have time to vet it at that point because it was a budget amendment, so it came up pretty quick. But I, I know I, the, the premise makes sense to me, and and also the, the equity part about having these big corporations coming into our communities and paying their three percent, and sometimes most of the time, much more than that to entice the local officials to choose them over the, re- the, the regular people. And to keep them out in a lot of cases. Right. Too. So that, that, that's, that's, a, that's a loophole that, that, that we have to address in some sort of way because these big companies, the national companies are coming in and making a ton of money and the areas that were affected most by the drug epidemic are the ones that should be getting the benefit yes. from those folks. So it's really it's a tough, tough situation because we'd anticipate that people would come in and basically pay over the 3%. And and, and as, to be fair, being a local official, what are you going to do? You see a lot of money there, and you see a lot of money that you can spend in your communities. But we have to find a way to bring it back down to the original, what about the original the, intent. What about, uh, there's also the micro-grows who want to see like priority status on themselves. Yeah. They have like a different license classification, um, and they seem to be, like I said, mostly the local people we know. Right. Uh, right. Not big cannabis. Would you like to see them get priority too? Yeah, I don't know too much about that piece of it. Uh, but uh, again, from what you're saying, yeah, that that something you look at. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That, that that's an issue that that I haven't heard too much about. But you're going down a list of yeah, I'm going down a list. I think we all got almost everything. There's like uh, maybe one question left, which is a crazy one. That well, yeah, we got a phone call too. We'll take. Who's on the line right now? You got a question for Senator Sal? Yes, uh, this is L.D. Randolph. I represent the Roxbury Business Development Group. Uh, say your name again because I didn't quite hear it first time. L.D.? Uh, L.D. L.D. Randolph. L.V. Yep, I, I know who you are, L.V. I know, I know all about that, you. Yep. That, that is correct. We've met before. Yes. And I, 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 wanted to, I wanted to make sure that I took the opportunity um, to broach this this question, and I know that you've, you've, you've talked about it, but I think it's really, really important um, to recognize what's happening historically. Uh, historically, uh, people of color, particularly African Americans, have been uh, locked out of economic opportunities, um, even here in Massachusetts. And when uh, many of us look at what's happening with the cannabis leg- legislation and access to those markets, knowing that our communities were the, the most affected by the war on drugs, and we're seeing uh, the rollout of this legislation, and we're systemically being locked out, um, it, it, it leaves a bad taste. That bad taste has many different effects. 
One, it has an economic effect, right? Because we don't get to participate in this boom, right? Uh, the other effect it has is it, 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 it prevents people from wanting to engage in the political system. And then they don't vote. Right. Because they don't think it works for them. Right. right. This is another example of how things don't work for us. Right. And, 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 and I don't care who you are from, you know, uh, uh, even in, 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 in politics at, at the state level or all the way down to the guy who, you know, delivers uh, 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 flowers or, or drives Uber. That thought system, that that thought is there in the back of people's minds. So, so as an elected official, I'd really like to hear how you believe we can address this issue. Because, and I, you know, and I understand that there's there's big money coming in from everywhere, but people can make choices. Right. And, you know, you you represent me. Uh, I can't remember when I didn't vote for you when your when your name was on the ballot. So I'd, I'd like to know, how are you going to address this issue? I know that Cambridge and Somerville have gotten it right. But this is a, this is a, a larger issue. And Massachusetts as a state is being pointed to uh, as as. The one that got it wrong. And you know what? We're the guys who should have got it right. Right. Thank you, Ellie. Let, let's uh, let's let's let this uh, get the state senator to kind of yeah. No, it, it, you're absolutely right, right Ellie. This is this is a, a a broad issue. There's a lot going on there. And when when the law was written, there was a lot of good intentions there, but but it wasn't tight. There were a lot of places where there was some, as I mentioned to to Mike earlier, a lot of loopholes. In a lot of places where we had thought we would be able to have some equity across the board, but we have found that that is not the case. And the the, the amendment that was filed by Sonny Cheng Diaz has a lot of merit and a lot of support behind it. And I believe that there's that that is a way we can create some equity. That that having some sort of a funding mechanism for people who uh, can can compete with the big guys and 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 the big guys that are coming in and, and, and monopolizing the entire state at this point. I, I hear from a lot of my friends in the industry and a lot of folks at the state house and a lot of people who come and see me in my office who want me to support certain um, dispensaries and in my district. And the first question I ask is, you know, who are the people behind the curtain? Who owns it? <laughs> right? Who really owns who it? Who are the people behind the curtain? Are you the people that are coming to see me, the people, or is there someone or some other company behind you and you're the front people for uh, the, the local, you know, the look? <laughs> the, 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 the front person for the, big cannabis, the shiny glass good. slipper that you know, but but who's the person putting their foot in that slipper? So, uh, and and that's a question that that I always ask, and I get varying answers to be honest with you, because they don't expect those questions sometimes out of me. Um, so there there is a way to do it. Chang Diaz's amendment is is a good start to do that, but we have to close that loophole too, and that that three percent threshold, and we have to find a way to, as you said, Cambridge and Somerville getting it right. But we have to find a way to put some more teeth into that. And, the, and the, the Cannabis Control Commission has to be a part of that solution. And, you know, the, the intent is not being followed because 
money is is a very big big aspect of this, and we all know this this industry is is a multi million dollar industry just in some communities, and it could be a billion dollar industry across the country. It is a billion dollar industry right. across the country, but um, that's where what we have to start. But I think there's there's plenty of room to a lot of improvements and. And you hit it on the head, LV. Not every community is being treated the same way. Definitely. LV, you have any? I, I, I really appreciate your answer. And I, I thank you for being uh, forthright. And I know, um, based on your record, that you're going to do the right thing here. I would make a suggestion. And my suggestion is, is that for the generations of people who have suffered under the, the wheel of the war on drugs, we should be allowed, if we pass muster, uh, money's not an issue. Uh, there's plenty of money out there, uh, um, uh, but we should be allowed to open uh, uh, businesses that serve cannabis without the need to go through the lengthy uh, community process for a host agreement. That would be my suggestion. And I thank you very much uh, for for your time. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Elvie. Thank you so much, LV, and uh, please continue to listen and call in. I really liked your call today. Another first-time caller. That was good. He was really... He's, he's great. No, he's, he, he knows his he, stuff. He wanted to make sure we really got into that, um, yeah. which I like, because um, I, I, I want to just even go back to that a little bit. Like, I, I see that you're in the right place on this. What about the rest of the state house? Do they understand... How many people like LV are out there? I mean, yeah. I, if I didn't ask that question today, <laughs> a lot of people were going to hang me. I mean, right, this is right. what like the num- this like if, it, if I had to pick issue. the number one issue for our audience today, it'd probably be that one. Okay. And I haven't even talked about rents yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And rents is obviously in traffic and some of the other issues. Immigration we've talked about. You know, yeah. there are a lot of big issues, but this is the one that like people are just yeah, and and right, rightfully so because it's it's a new industry coming in and and a lot of folks are jumping in and a lot of people are just think this as an opportunity to make a quick buck. Do you think the state house knows though, like that your other senators, state reps, Bob DeLeo, the leadership in the Senate? Do they I feel that, it like I, you feel it? I think so. I didn't realize it was an issue until you know not, when it first started happening. It was it was kind of just it it's was there a new thing, right? And and now I think people are getting. Uh, more informed and, and more educated about it, and the amendment that was filed by Chang, Senator Cheng Diaz um, was looked at. The, the, Why the, didn't it, that it, pass? Like we, it, 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 was, it was just it was it's it's tough to make that kind of that kind of policy change in the, in the state budget that you know, and it was filed, you know, pretty quickly, Last and minute. and the cannabis commission didn't have time to to weigh in on it, which is you know we, we created that that commission to weigh in on issues like this, and if they didn't have time to address it and find a way to give us a straight answer on it it was you know there are other ways to, to do this besides so the when's that like so th- this session like it can be brought up again it can yeah it, it can be filed um, as a bill anytime and then it has to go to the committee process and then it'd be examined like any other bill would be examined okay so she could file a bill to address this issue she could bring it up in the next year's budget um but uh the, would you the, would you sign on to something like that? Co-sponsor? Yeah, I think the, the the devil's in the details, obviously. Right. So, yeah, so the premise itself, I make, it makes sense to me. Good, um, but I just you know I don't sign on until I read it. Oh, definitely, <laughs> I get that. I believe me. I mean, you know me. I'm I was my, for my, legalization, my, my, but I had to read it, and my, even then, I still had issues with. It, even though I yeah. supported it, you know what I mean? Right. Like, 
right it, and and sometimes it's not the perfect bill you no, know sometimes it, you it, just got to take what you can get exactly but, and and sometimes you want more sometimes, sometimes you gotta say no yeah right right sometimes so you can say this is not the right time if we wait we'll get more later even if it's short term hopefully right but um okay um yeah, we had. I mean, we had a bunch of other questions too. I don't even know if I want to get to them really, but I want to get to the phone calls if we get more of them. Five zero two five zero one three four seven seven. If we're missing anything, uh, we do have more comments too on our Facebook page. As I should just read them, read a couple of them. Um, mostly people would just like you, like truthfully. Like there's not too much. You know, people are asking who you're related to. <laughs> there are people are posting nonsense that I don't even understand what they're saying. But it's mostly just. Uh, Good show, Mike. Wow, they like me too for once. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Sal, you've done really, you've got us new listeners. <laughs> you made me easy. I'm boring today. No, you know, no, more boring. It's, it's good. No, these are some you know heavy duty issues. I don't get the chance to talk like in right. depth about a lot of issues. Like, usually we, we talk about one issue at a time. This right. is like, this is, this is, this is I good. like you because you speed round them. I try. I you try. Go. You just answer the question. And your answer, you like, you, you like really answer them. Like, that's refreshing. I think all politicians should check out you coming in today. So, what I got, State Bank. Let me ask about that question. This is something that came up again for the cannabis issue, but it's also uh, just affects everyone, especially with housing and loans. And uh, a lot of times, certain neighborhoods don't get uh, the same treatment from banks that other neighborhoods do. Um, and it also, a lot of people think this is a way to remove money from Wall Street and have the state save money and, and get more you know, power. State bank, is that something you even think about? Or? I haven't looked into that, that, that too much. Um, people have asked me about it. Um, I've had people come to my office and ask me to file bills about different things like that. Um, I've, I think I'm going to co-sponsor a couple of bills with that. Uh, I tend to use you know local banks. Um, so the, 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 big, the big ones don't do much for me right um so and what you're saying disproportionately affecting this different communities that is true the big banks just don't they know where they, they want to do business where, yeah, yeah. and they know we're not they don't want to do business and they redline I they mean, do there, there's redline banking people want to know where the racism in they say there's no racism in it. there's racism in eight different eight million different ways and yeah, this is yeah. just one of them yeah no the, the, the banking industry is uh i don't want to use the word i want to say uh, on the year too. both but, classism uh, and racism <laughs> um, but the, 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 the local banks you know like you know me being from East Cambridge, East Cambridge Savings Bank has been is, is, a, is a real leader in the community. A, they, they do a lot, and they're entrenched, and, and, and they know the neighborhood, they know the people, they know the organizations that they give back to charities. They just then they they really do a good job. So State Bank is something I've looked into, but not I haven't focused a lot of time on that. All right, let's ask more serious questions that affect people. Uh, the, like two of the biggest ones, obviously. Number one is housing. Yeah. Um, people are getting, a lot of folks are getting gentrified out. There's talk of bringing rent control back. Yep. Uh, there's talk about creating more public housing, yep. uh, changing the way that people qualify for the public housing. What wh what do we do? Like, how do we make sure that people don't get priced out? I've even had, like, Somerville City Councilors come on here and say that they were worried about getting priced out of the district, that they were the poorest city councilor and they were the only one. They right. were renting. And it seems like, you know, to even be a city council, you got to own a property because you'll get priced out too. Like it's just, this is what happens now. People and just can't afford it. They can't afford it, and it's happening everywhere. Even in my hometown now, where I live, Everett, you know, the, the property values have skyrocketed. So the landlords are charging more rent to account for the, the different taxes and different things that are happening. The water, the sewer, the water, everything. Yeah, I mean, everything. I, mean, everything. I know. I'm. A, I pay the homeowner bills. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. The taxes keep going up. 
Our water bills are up. Our yeah. everything is up. Every, right. Every, you, you every bill that we have as a homeowner is up. But still, the renters aren't going to feel that. They're they're just my rent is going through the roof, and I'm having to move and. People keep having to move. What 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 can be done on a state level for this? How, yeah, how do we fix this type of issue? It's like we're a victim of our own success in a way. That's the problem. So, so every every community, if you're the mayor of a community, you want you want growth. You you want you want to increase the, you know the value of your properties within within your communities. And then we all say we don't want the long time families to move out because they're they've created that success, and now we're gonna have someone else come in and take advantage of the, all the benefits that they created. So. Um, two things. Uh, I filed a bill called Right to Counsel Bill, which will allow tenants to have um, counsel. We'll have an attorney. So these big landlords are able to go to housing court and evict people sometimes for not even just cause, like different things that they realize this tenant's paying a lower rent. I can double that rent and I can put somebody else in there and I need to get this person out and let's just take them to court and make up some frivolous thing to do that. Yeah. And tenants don't have the resources to compete with the big guys. So I filed a bill with the help of Marty Walsh um, to keep people in their homes by having them legal representation representation when they go to court. So now they have somebody sitting across the table from the other attorney. Would that be for every renter or would you have to qualify for it? You have to qualify for it, but but, but, uh, it would would, would stabilize the housing market. And also, a lot of, from what I'm hearing too, because you would think to get a lot of pushback on that from the, the homeowners. The small property owners have written a couple of letters, but the big companies like having somebody at the table where they can negotiate. So the big companies want to resolve things. And sometimes having an attorney there will allow it to happen quicker. So I never thought of that. <laughs> I wasn't doing it for them. I was doing it for the renters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that has been some of the feedback we've been getting from them as well. And this is a bill that's going to the committee process now. It has not... Um, made it out of the, the committee but it is something that we're working on and also community development corporations so community development corporations uh, like Justice Start I was going to say Justice Start I'm very familiar with them Justice Start is one of the best in the entire state and then and but and, even with them there's issues I mean I, yeah. I've you know you know it's, it's, certain people make too much or too little to get into them right. and even the to way that when you sell them and try to get out of it some of the all those like I don't know how they do it now but I know certain homeowners that have different contracts in the same building, and one person really? made out and one person didn't because of when they bought in and the same it's building. Like, and like one contract said, your, you know, your return is based on principal plus treasury notes, hmm. which were what zero over that. I mean, th- this is what you know, where someone else they got to actually participate in the in the in the in the value of the real estate moving right. up. Right. Right, and so I question even some of those companies, like who's oversighting just to start to make sure that number one, people can get in that can afford yeah. it. Because I I feel like I don't even trust those companies because I've I've had per, I don't want to say everything, yeah. but I have had a personal level experience with specifically just, just to start, start and yeah. you know other companies. So I'm just wondering, like, yeah, no, I never. How do we look I, at that? I, I how do we make that. sure that yeah. people are really that need them are getting in? And because it feels like people either make you know, oh, I made forty thousand last year, so I can't get in, or I qualify, but I can't afford their down payment to get in. You know what right, I mean? So right. people are getting, they either make a little too much, or they don't make it. They don't have enough savings to get into them. Yeah, no, I I, I haven't heard the, the I heard some of that, but not, not to that extent. Yeah, because we have one in uh, Chelsea called the Neighbor Developers in Chelsea and Riviera, and and now they came into Everett, and 
I would swear by them because the, the, I know people. I refer people to them, and they've right. always been, you know, 100 success rate. And I'm not, I'm uh, not, I'm not saying like uh, they're a bad thing or anything. I just there was one experience that I had with a certain building, and yeah, and and, and those are old contracts too. So I sure. don't know what they're doing now. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I don't know what the new people. Who knows? Well, it's a much more streamlined process today. I, I know that, and it's regulated by the, the uh, by the state. So the, the oversight does come from the state. Cause it's, it's that's like, what I was wondering. Who does well, the oversight of these groups? Because that's what I get worried about. Well, they, they, they use some state funding, state okay. funding and federal funding. So okay. they have to meet certain benchmarks for both federal and state to qualify for that funding. Um, and the oversight does come come from those departments. Um, but that, that that is a way that I found in, in parts of my district where people can stay in, in, in these communities, and particularly seniors, too, because Definitely. senior housing is a big, big issue right now. Huge. And, and I get afraid to get old. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we going to do when well, we get old? I mean, this it's, is re- the, it's real. If you're it's not real. young thinking about this stuff, it's real. You should be because, yeah. I mean, how the hell are you going to afford that? I don't think right. anyone can afford it. It's it's crazy. Right. Um, so we, we talked about housing. Um, you know, one of the things about housing you brought up was, you know, this uh, covering the, the attorneys. Yeah. There's also kind of a push to do that across the board for like all civil cases. So that, you know, I, I think housing is probably the biggest issue, but there's also like employment discrimination, sexual stuff that goes on where uh, a poor person gets abused more often right. by people of power because they don't have an attorney. They don't have a civil, you know, a civil attorney that can represent them and sue. Okay. Um, would you even go beyond the housing issue? Yeah. So another one of my, another one of my bills. Really? That's one. That's your bill. <laughs> um, I, it was called wage, the wage step bill. Yes. You so, know who I've been hearing this? Oh, uh, Jim Browdy's been talking about Jim it. Jim Browdy was talking about it. Yep. So the, the wage step bill will, uh, will address a lot of the, um, the bad treatment and particularly immigrants and people who, who can't speak English are getting preyed upon. I, I, um, I had wage stuff happen to me. I've had friends happen to, um, you know, it's funny because I've been talking about the, the Twitter trolls. Mm-hmm. There was a bunch of things, you know, in the past I was more libertarian. I even got crazy. I was, you know, my life was like this. I went down here in every single level and uh, I went a little crazy. And uh, people were pointing out like going back eight years or five years, whatever it was, and looking at my Twitter thing and stuff. And there's a bunch of things that happened that like shook me out of it. Yeah. And one of the things was, I want to thank you, President Barack Obama, who I'd never even voted for. Like, this is how sad it is. I never, my girlfriend kills me every day about this. You never voted for Obama. I should have. You know, I, I went third party every time. But I'll never make that mistake again. I'm voting for whoever the Democratic primary, uh, whoever wins the Democratic primary for president this time, no matter what. Yeah. Um, and I got wage thefted. I lost my career. It was, a, it was about cannabis. A lot of issues going on in my life. And I had a bad back, and I was mowing lawns. I was trying to wait tables again. And I couldn't go back to that because I had a bad back. So I was doing one of those delivery driving jobs for mm-hmm. one of those companies on those apps. Yep. And they screwed me over. You would not believe it. It led to financial ruin of me, basically. And thank God I'm back where I am. Like, I, I, I was literally like mental health case where I was sure. like thinking about like offing myself. That's how bad I was no. off, right? No. And these and these trolls are bringing up my past about it. And I'm like, good, maybe I can tell my story. I'm telling it to you today because what happened was like a year later when I really needed money, Barack Obama's Department of Labor, and I had met with them during that time. They came to see me at the office where we were getting wage thefted and said, we need to talk to some of you because you're getting wage thefted. Wow. And they got me a nice check. And that pretty much got me to the point where I am today where I'm like paid off everything you know what i mean it, wow. it saved my ass wow. and and so 
now we got a guy in office, Trump, who doesn't give two shits. He lets Uber and all these companies abuse their workers. And so we have to do it on the state level, and you're doing something about it. So tell me about this, because I am very interested in this. Yeah. Wage staff, tell us about it. Yeah, what are you so, doing about it? so uh, we filed this bill last session, and it passed the Senate. Another one of my bills had passed the Senate, but didn't, didn't make it to the House. But um, so basically, it, it will hold, it, it, it don't, it's different parts of it. Um, several parts have to do with the construction industry. Construction industry in particular, it's rampant. Um, and a lot of folks who are filing, or who hire subcontractors and, and the, the subs don't pay the employees. The general contractor knows, they know, they all know the players in the industry. They know the good subs, the bad subs. They know the subs that pay, the subs that don't pay. So when they're doing a low bid from a sub that they know isn't really up and up, and they take that person, and then they eventually don't pay their employees, now the general contract is on the hook to pay the Good. subs employees. Good. So no more hiding behind this curtain saying, well, we didn't know. Right. And You're still responsible. You're still responsible. You need to find out. You're getting paid for your work that's being done. you got to pay the people that and, did the work. And you're profiting off of the abuse. You're profiting off the abuse, and you're, and you're, and you, and not all cases, but there are some, some bad guys out there. That there are some good guys out there that do a good job of this, but there are some Historically, they do it over and over and over, and and they know. I'm not gonna name name names, but if you look them up online, you'll know who they are. And they they just continually. What about Uber you know, and Lyft? Because that seems like there's a big issue going on with bi- that right it's now, a where big they issue. cut people's pay. Yeah, they're making them general contract. It's the same situation right. I was in. Um, I, I pay. I had to get a car. Like I, you know, blew up one car. Had to get another car. It basically it bankrupted me. Like yeah. like they they abused me at the company I was on. I'm not gonna name them. Um, I've been abused by several companies over the years. I see how it how it goes with people. That's why I've totally flipped to this. I see the, how bad these corporations are. And the only way to get something done is when someone like Obama says, I'm going to make this a priority. Right. Uh, how do we help Uber and Lyft drivers who are definitely getting abused right now and they're general contractors? They're paying all the bills for this company. Right. So I don't want to say I saw this coming, but I saw this coming. So I was a big taxi driver supporter. And... When I saw Uber Lyft come into town, unregulated, with all this other, you know, fancy gadgets, and basically put the industry, the taxi industry, out of business, a lot of folks got hurt. The drivers lost their homes. They, you know, the medallions that were worth upwards of seven hundred thousand dollars a piece were down to zero in some cases. And I actually voted against Uber and Lyft to protect the taxi drivers. Only two people in the entire Senate voted. By the way, me and someone else. So and Uber attacked me. Uber did a full page ad in the newspaper. They came after me in the Boston Herald. They did all this this stuff. Um, but I now see obviously Uber and Lyft are not going away. And the drivers were sold a bill of goods because they were told they were going to get twenty percent off the ride. And I just had some drivers come into my office about a month ago, and they've been coming in every week now. And we're going to file a, a bill to help protect them. So, because Uber and Lyft is now now taking upwards of 60-70% of the fare. It's not sustainable. And they want you to get a new car every five, every five years. Yeah. And, and they treat you like an employee. They well, fire you if you don't do you right. know, what they want, what you want. So, I, I'm a little upset with some of the Uber drivers only because some of the Uber drivers I know helped put the tax drivers out of business. 
So I'm I'm trying to separate that yeah. because <laughs> because I, I've been a taxi guy my entire life, and when I travel all around the country, oh, well, the country whenever I, whenever I go away, I'm like I'm a world traveler, <laughs> far from it. Yeah. But I was in when I was in DC, I don't I don't even have the app. I don't even have the app on my phone. I take taxis everywhere, and I talk to the taxi drivers in every city that I go to, and they they're hurting, they're hurting, and a lot of these folks came here and. Was sold the bill of goods too. They, yeah, they bought you, a taxi if, medallion. If, if, medallion was always going to go up, never going to go down. Thousand dollars a piece or whatever it was. And in, in, in Cambridge, they were uh, they yeah. were upwards of half, half a million. million. You're right. So when you buy something for half a million and you're told it's going to go up in value over time, and then it's not, and then it it's down to down. zero. Yeah, it's worth ten grand, right? If that even right. zero, I right? Mean, it can, it's I financial mean, ruin. Yeah. It's financial ruin. It's not even worth it anymore. Right. And a lot of people are just giving their medallions back for free. Just get just yeah. they can't afford to keep the cars on the road. I'm going to do Uber instead. You right, don't have to pay for. Ooh, I mean, they'll it's exploit a, you in another way. It's a different, different type of getting getting screwed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm a workers' rights person, so I'm gonna help these drivers. So we are going to uh, help them in some sort of way. We're looking at some language. New York City has passed something. Um, Connecticut is, is working on some language. We've made out a committee in Connecticut. So we are trying to mirror some of that language and trying to see if we can do it. And the, the Uber drivers and the Lyft drivers have done a lot of work in the state house. They're going office to office, talking to folks. Um, and uh, I, I was I was hot on them when they first came in because I, I, I knew this was coming. I, I could see it. You know, you, you bring a new company in with no regulation, with then you want to be all this new, new gadgets and independence. And, and quickly they found out that was not the case. And. And they have some powerful, powerful people working in Uber and Lyft. Like they're, they're, oh, yeah. There are some... You know, Publicly traded companies, both of them yes, now. Yes. And they're on Wall Street. But they got big lobbyists. Like oh, yeah. They have, they have very, 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 very powerful company. Right. And if you Usually go, you go against them, and I know what's coming. I know what's coming when I file this bill. So... Um, I'm supporting We're ready. You. We're ready. If anyone from Uber or Lyft wants to come on, <laughs> they can come on. I will light your ass up. I will light you up. Send your uh, $1,000 suit, $10,000. I, I swear to God. And I don't hate Uber and Lyft. I don't even. I'm not even like you know. Yeah, I no. think I think you you hold a little grudge a little more than me. But yeah. But the, when you treat employees like crap like this, and I yeah. and I hear what you're saying too, like it just ruined people. There there are people that that half. You imagine you, your whole life. You, this is your retirement, a half a million dollars, and and you got it in there, and they just bankrupted them. And now they're doing the same thing. They're low wage employees. That they, you know, and, and they I, don't call employees. They call them general contractors. Right. right. You got to pay to work for them, basically. And, too. And I, I understand why people take over and look at. I, I get it. And I don't. I don't begrudge anybody. Me who neither. Does it. I don't begrudge. You know. Either, I, I. That. 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 That's just the the way of the world today. And and that that's fine. Everyone makes choices, and then it's it's very convenient, and it works for a lot a lot of people. So, I don't. I don't. I'm not. I don't begrudge the people that use it. I begrudge the people that run it. That's right. That's and, me too. And and that's where the line is. That's it. You know, so you use it. That's that's great. I have no problem with Upper that. Upper management. Yeah. The owners of the company. Right. You, if you're going to be a, a company, you, you, have, you have to treat people fairly. And, and, and that's your responsibility. That's what we all should be doing. So, And the more power, the more responsibility to do that. Uh, we're just reading questions, uh, comments too on our Facebook page. 502-501-3477. We're almost out of time. It's getting really hot in here too, isn't it? <laughs> We're dying. I'm dying. I got the suit jacket. I can you, be. You I, I, I'm, I'm good till midnight. I'm good. You good? <laughs> uh, here it is. Uh, we'll take this question. Now, I have a question for Santa Sal. The current proposal the CCC is considering for delivery of cannabis would force delivery companies to only deliver from retail dispensaries. 
at the price set by those dispensers. Do you support expanding that framework to allow delivery companies to purchase from licensed cultivators and manufacturers to allow them the opportunity to compete with those dispensers rather than serving as glorified couriers? Hmm. Did you get that? Kind of, sort of, but... (laughs) There's a proposal right now. Like, the big dispensaries, they want to kind of... They want to... Delivery only only has been talked about as a way to, to allow the economic empowerment folks to get into the business, less cost, less... Um, and the dispensaries say, oh, that's fine, but you have to deliver our product. And so a lot of folks like Grant feel like it should be expanded and that uh, they should be able to buy because there's different licenses. Yeah. There's manufacturer licenses. So they, they want to be able to open it up a little more where the dispensaries want to be the only source of the dis- they The dispensaries always want a hand in the, in the yeah, sale, I get that. no matter what. I wonder and, why, huh? And the delivery companies want more flexibility and less regulation in some respects and more opportunity to shop is, is really the question. Yeah, I get that. Uh, I, I, I got to look at it more. I, I, don't, I don't know too much. That's the first time I've run across that. So. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, this is getting in the weeds a little bit, yeah. so to speak. But this is what we do over here. We talk, yeah. especially the cannabis issue. If I know the answer, I'll tell you. If I don't know the answer, I'll say Oh, you know, that's, that's, we, that's, we like that. We like that. That's no BS over here. We don't know everything either. And none of us do. This is how we learn. And this is how we find right, out. Right. And next right. time you come back, you might know more about exactly, it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I really appreciate you coming in today. This yeah, is no, great. This is, this is fantastic. This has been fun. Anything you want uh, people to... Uh, I mean, you're. We didn't even talk about your family or anything. Do you, I mean? Yeah, no. I have my wife. I have two boys, uh, thirteen and fourteen, and uh, my dog Buddy. You got a dog, Buddy. I got a dog named Buddy. Yep, he's a, a schnoodle. He's a, a schnoodle, a, a poodle schnauzer mix. Uh, three years old. So See, some people want, will want, when you come on the sh- you know, their shows want to talk all about the kids. I'm like well, all about the dogs. I, I get I do dogs. I, 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 I am. A, I'm a proud dad too. I have to say. I, I like I'm, kids, I'm, I'm, but <laughs> dogs are like I don't know. <laughs> I gotta I say, dog. my most important title is dad. Yeah, so, sure. you know, everything else that I do is, is great. I love doing it. I love what are your kids? Uh, do you mind if we ask your kids' names? Matthew and Sal. Matthew and Sal. Oh, Sal. Is he Sal Jr.? He's not a junior. So, oh, my so father's true. name is Sal. I'm Sal, and we're going to have my son Sal, but no juniors. Oh, just no Sal, Sal, and Sal. I like it. You know, two Sal's. The, the three Sal's, the three, the three amigos. So. <laughs> you know how you just go with Sal, and someone's answering. Well, I, I can tell by the tone if it's for me. Oh, really? Is that <laughs> yeah. how it goes? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, again, I want to thank you, Senator uh, Sal yeah. D. Domenico, Perfect. for coming yeah, in. Um, you're the state senator, say the district and the towns and all that. Say Middlesex and Suffolk. So I have all of Everett, all of Chelsea, all of Charlestown, piece of Austin, piece of Br- uh, Brighton, half of Cambridge, and the west end of Boston. So you really know that. Um, and you've been serving over 10 years now? It'll be, uh, actually, it was nine years on May 20th. Oh, so almost 10. Almost 10. Next year will be 10 years, and I was on the city council in Everett for six years prior to that. Perfect. And um, you have a website, Facebook. I know you have a Facebook. Have How a can Facebook. people find you? And get yeah, you? W- the w- website is uh, saldidomenico.com. Facebook is just saldidomenico. It's easy to find. Uh, we're on Twitter as well, so uh, there's always ways to find us and see what we're up to. I, I, we post a lot of stuff. Brittany Gavrilis, my communication director, she's here with us today, and I, I bug her all the time, but uh, she's always putting things up. We're always communicating with the people that know we do because um, if you, you know, I, I always say if it's not on Facebook, it didn't happen. That's so, right. So. And you guys do communicate a lot. I do see you updating all the time. Yeah, awesome. we'll, we'll, we'll be putting some stuff up tonight, tonight too. So we nice. always try to keep it fresh, keep it up to date. And, uh, and we, you know, if you want to have any questions, my office number is 617-722-1650. 
I'm in room 208 at the State House, Boston, Mass, 02133. You can communicate that way. And my email, which is, we, we get a lot of emails, so uh, that's probably the best way to communicate, is sal.didomenico at masenate.gov. So it's sal.didomenico at masenate.gov. Perfect. And that's communicate with us, and you will get a response back. Excellent. I want to thank you again, uh, Senator Sal, for coming in. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, we're the Young Jerks. We'll be back. We're going to uh, end the show a little early today. We only need the... We, we, we had Senator Sal. That was perfect. We don't need any <laughs> dessert after this. We're probably going to do some more podcasts this week. Uh, check it out. Uh, midnightmass.substack.com or our right direct is uh, anchor.fm. Uh, slash the Young Jerks. Uh, follow us on our, our Twitter as well, at The Young Jerks, if you don't. Uh, we got a lot planned coming up. And, uh, again, I want to thank you, Senator Sal. I want to thank Brittany, thank too, as yeah. well. And uh, we'll, you'll come back again, right? I it will. wasn't too bad, I, was no, it? No, it was fantastic. It was, it was great. You liked it? Yeah. No, I, 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 I could stay. It wasn't boring? I didn't bore you? Not at all. No, no. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was a, a, very, a, a lot very, of good topics there. I'm a very boring boy. <laughs> <laughs> the turtle boys don't like the uh, or uh, no wait what are they called stool boys stoolies oh the stoolies <laughs> all right we're the young jerks we'll be back uh next week and and check out our podcast this week we got a lot more dropping again i want to thank you so much uh senator thank sal you. you were awesome today thanks thanks for having me appreciate it it was, it was fun fun we'll come back in a few few months definitely and we got a lot of good calls so i want to thank yeah. the callers as well yeah. murphy behind the board all our listeners all the comments on our facebook page Thank you so much, supporters of the Young Jerks. We'll see you soon. Mike Crawford signing off. Thank you. Thank you.